Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court and Mazda of Everett. Now, here are former Seahawks Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. Paul Moyer. Welcome back to Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection. Every Thursday, we'll be right here on Seattle Sports 710, broadcasting live from Bellevue Square Center Court. And right now, we are joined by starting corner for the Seattle Seahawks, Tariq Willing. Clap it up one time for my guy. <laughs> Yes, sir. Appreciate it, appreciate it. So the first thing I noticed about you, obviously, is your speed. Mm-hmm. And you know, growing up, I'm sure it was the same way where you grew up. We was always racing on the block. Mm-hmm. Was you always the fastest dude on the block? Did you ask somebody you grew up with who used to get you? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I was pretty fast growing up, but it was always guys around me that was pretty fast. And then when we got to, like, middle school and then high school, that's when the separation really yeah. started to <laughs> show a little bit. That's what's up. I saw, I saw your stride. After you blocked that, that field goal against the, uh, the Niners, mm-hmm. you got up. And I kid you not, within, like, 20 yards, you ate up that cushion on Mike Jack real quick. I was looking at that stride. I'm like, man, that's a beautiful thing. What was it like in that moment making that block and then escorting your boy into the end zone? So it felt good. Uh, it was like one of those games where – it was one of those, you know, nothing wasn't really going. It was rainy too, kind of cold, and you know, a play had to be made. And when the, when the, when the chance presented itself, shoot, I the, blocked the field goal, and Mike Jack took off, and I was just was happy for him, and I just tried to chase him, and I seen the kicker almost catch him too, <laughs> so I tried to get the kicker. But once the kicker missed. I knew he was going to get that touchdown. Are, are you talking during that moment? Because I remember me and my boys, we talking. We going to the zone, baby. We talking. Or, or are you just hand up, just, just silent escort? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I was screaming for my dude. I'm always happy when my teammates do something good. So when, whenever we was running down there, I was screaming for him, And then we just turned up in the end zone. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. You know, what's crazy about that play. So, I mean, we, we can go back 40 years. Guys coming off the edge, try to block uh, extra points and field goals. And there's a lot of quick guys coming around the edge, but you got to get so low around that edge that you can be there, but the ball gets up so fast, you're, you're, the arm length's not, you, you just don't have enough to block it. Yeah. You come around the edge, and you're you're six foot four plus. By the way, I, I played safety. I never had a corner taller than me, and I, and he's six foot four plus. I feel like a midget to him, but I mean, your wingspan is is awfully long. Have you blocked? field goals before in the past that's my second one is it in college we used to have this thing called the jumpers package where he used to go against a kicker that used to kick field goals low and we played against marshall and i was like a sophomore i was a receiver at the time still and i just jumped up and i had blocked it well let's i know you've told the story but let's bring the audience into this one you you came to texas san antonio and you were a wide receiver i'm assuming that was in in high school as well mm-hmm. so you make that transition but you're about two years into it your sophomore year and one of the coaches said nope i want you to try out for corner can you just tell us or tell the answer just what that was like and how much you may have resisted or were open to it sure i really didn't want to do it at all he asked me <laughs> to do it and I was like, nah, coach, I'm a receiver. I came to college as a receiver. He was like, well, I know you haven't been playing as much as you want, and we can really use you on the team. You're pretty athletic. So I tried it out at practice. And even though I was doing good at it, I was like, nah, I didn't want to say nothing because I just always played offense. And whenever I got the chance, it was like the last game of 2019, and I had played that one game at cornerback. And then COVID had happened. We had got new coaches, and they asked me, don't play receiver or corner, and I just told them I want to play corner. So what do you like better now? 
Oh, corner. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you're making money playing corner well, now, I mean, baby. Look, this is, really, it's, it's almost historic. I mean, you just don't get, I mean, Richard Sherman did a little bit when he was at Stanford, and, and obviously he developed and, and started as, as well middle of the, his rookie year, I believe. To be a start of your rookie year after transitioning from wide receiver to corner, really having one year with it, I mean, it's it's almost historic. And it's not just that. You guys watch him. I mean, he's going to be a great player. He's already a very good player, but Appreciate you're going to be a great player. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, any other sports you play in high school? I always love asking this because mm-hmm. as a football player, we all think we can hoop, and then all hoopers think they mm-hmm. can play football. So I'm going to go out and say you probably play a little hoop, especially with your size. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I have played basketball, and I ran track. Whenever basketball season came around, I, I did it for fun. I thought I was a hooper before football. And whenever a coach from a college came up and he was like, hey, you can't play basketball in college. You're 6'3", 6'4", still carry 6'3". You're going to be a guard. And I was like, oh, you're right, because I can't shoot the ball. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Even though you were all district in, in, in high school at basketball, mm-hmm. weren't you? Oh, yes, sir. Because we, we've had Charles Cross, who said, he, I think he was a he two-time was state. state player. Yeah. We had Abe Lucas, who said he can flat out play, mm-hmm. too. We got you all district. This might be the best rookie. Ba- though I've not had a guy we ever on our show who didn't say they couldn't of course, play basketball. Of course. <laughs> so who's who's the best basketball player? Because they, they have a basketball hoop in uh the, with the, the team, right? Oh, yeah, in the team room. Well, I haven't had a chance they to They haven't shoot. made you shoot yet? Oh, not yet, not yet. Mm, that's coming. But uh, a guy that got a good jump shot is Mike Jackson. Or yeah. Puna, Mike Ford. Puna Ford got a real Puna. Puna Ford. Okay. And Drew Locke. Drew Locke. All right. Tyler Lockett thinks he's Hooper, too. Now. Oh, no, Tyler Lockett, he got a nice Yeah, jumper. he can shoot. Yeah. <laughs> so what's it like on the field, man? I feel like I've seen your personality come out a bit more. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel obviously we can't hear what's going on. I'm just looking at body language. And, you know, I, I see you, like, flex a little bit after after a play <laughs> out there. You getting comfortable out there? A little bit. I just call it having fun, really. You know, I'm a skinny guy, so when I flex, it ain't much showing. But <laughs> <laughs> I just do it because I'm just having fun out there. and. Whenever you make plays and your teammates just keep gaining confidence in you and it help build confidence in me too. So you switched from, you were 39 at first, and you mm-hmm. switched to the 2-7. Is there something behind it or that number was available and you said, I'm going and grab that? Uh, a little bit. You know, when I first got drafted and I seen 39, I was like, uh, I'll take it. I mean, <laughs> I'm a rookie. I, and I, I don't really just ask for much. I feel like sometimes you got to earn some stuff. Yeah. And just like in college, whenever I first uh, moved a corner, I was number 20, and then uh, my senior year, I got voted into number three. So I just kind of was like, you know what, I just got to earn another number. Yep. And after fall count and uh, preseason games, I felt like I played pretty good, and I had asked to get 27. There we go. Mm-hmm. Grab it. Yeah, in the NFL, man, they, uh, it, you're not just paid to cover. You got you to play in the run game, too. And I'm taking mm-hmm. you back to the Denver game. Where you came and made made that big hit, and you looked like did you get a stinger? Oh, yeah. Was it was a shot down the, your neck and shoulder? Oh, it was down my shoulder. That was my first one. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, you don't get used to those because oh, yeah. the, those are no they they aren't fun. But what has been the the most difficult transition going from college to the NFL? Is it being a part of the run game, or is it still covering those guys out wide? A little bit of both because now in this run game, you're going to get some dudes, some big guys. Rather, me in college, I was going against uh, Conference USA competition. I mean, it's not a bad conference, but it ain't, you know, NFL guys that come from SECs and all the different schools. But um, same as, you know, receivers and running routes and stuff like that, guys running routes a lot more sharper now. 
What's uh what's the transition been like? Because in college, you know, you wake up, you got weight training, you got class, you got practice. Like you're on a on a strict schedule. And I I know when I made it to league, man, I loved it. I'm like, I can just play football. You know, I can just focus on being football. Uh, what has that transition been like for you? Um. It's been smooth because you do have a lot more time now. I remember in college, I used to wake up and go to practice. And at practice, I'd be thinking about some homework I didn't finish the night before. <laughs> so it, uh, it's been pretty smooth. And I like it because I noticed me changing as a, uh, you know, as a cornerback and just learning to play is a lot more easier just because I have more time to focus on football. Who you kick it with on the team? Shoot, uh, I kick it with a lot of guys, and you know, I'm pretty chill. I, I kicked it with uh, shoot a guy that's a free agent that came into the team, Quandre Mosley, he a rookie. Yep. Yep. Shoot uh, Jamal, uh, you know most of the DBs really, but you know Rashad Penny, I'm cool with him too. So I try to uh, chat with all the different guys and stuff just so they can be comfortable around me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, the weather's different than uh, Texas, that's for sure. You don't have to worry about bugs here. You can keep your windows open. It's all nice. But <laughs> big have you, old bugs. Big bugs, too, there. And the, the weather's, you know, a little humid at times. But have you found anything you like to do here in the Northwest that you wouldn't have done in, in Texas? Mm, they do have a, a lot of beautiful sights out here. Texas isn't as green as, you know, Seattle or the state of Washington in general. Yep. And another thing is the summer here is real nice because I went back home to visit, and I was sweating so hard. <laughs> I come, and, and while I'm here and when I came here, I barely sweated at all. So I just love the nature, and I just love how the trees are super big, too. Food's a little different, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, bars are definitely different. you got all kinds of outside <laughs> bars there in Texas. But yeah. there any, any food? I mean, obviously, seafood's big up here. Mm-hmm. Are you no, no, no good on the seafood? I don't touch seafood? seafood at all. I don't, touch, I don't even like seafood. <laughs> it can be fried. It can be raw. No, I don't like seafood at all. I don't touch it. I feel you, man. I go down and visit my, my family in Biloxi, and we'll go to uh, the buffet, and I'm the dude mm-hmm. grabbing pizza. They're like, man, we had a seafood buffet, and you grabbing pizza. I, I just that That's just how I operate, man. Oh, yeah. Um, so what's it? Uh, you're entering your your third week in the NFL. Yeah, has the game slowed down for you? And do you feel like your technique is kind of it's like catching up mm-hmm. to to what's happening in front of you? Oh yeah, it, it's been a, a pretty cool transition because just these three games. Well, it's about to be the third game. It's been going by pretty fast. So uh, just being more comfortable in the game is something I have been feeling because I, I feel like. Shoot, the coaches trust me even more out there just because I've made plays and I just got to keep doing it and just uh, keep gaining the trust in my teammates. And this third game should be a lot of fun. So I just just keep trusting in myself. Well, you can see the confidence in you everywhere. I, mean, I was really impressed after Denver. You know, a couple things may have not gone right, but that didn't, you didn't waver on that, man. You were right back in there. And look, they're going to try you every week something new last week more deep outs right yeah. they said hey he's a hard guy to beat over the top and crossing routes so every week's a new week so stay yeah. confident man because you are a really good player yes, sir. it'll be Thank fun you. to watch keep collecting that data baby yep. yeah, all right it's Tariq Willen clapping at one time for the starting corner for the Seahawks all right when we return we'll go inside the field where we're going to break oh. down Devo Samuel's run Dwelly's touchdown and then Tariq Willen's block punt that's right here on Hawks Live Live. Presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bump. is here with Paul 
Moyer. We're sitting here in the Bellevue Square Center Court, presented by the Bellevue Collection. And right now, we're going to put our coach's hat on and uh, try to diagnose what we saw. The first player we're going to look at, Debo Samuel, runs for 51 yards on second and eight in the first quarter. Samuel stays in the backfield. Lance out of the shotgun on second down and eight from his own 26. He takes the snap, hands it to Samuel, who has a man to beat. He does, cuts back inside, got a big run going. He's across midfield, being chased. Can the Seahawks catch him? They finally left, excuse me, their right guard and right tackle, like they're going to run a trap to our right. Um, and so Trey Lance, I think, actually messes this up. I think he should have kept the ball because he would have been out the gate, or at least, you know, he would have probably picked up five to eight yards. I, look, this one to me is just on Sam. It is such a great run he sticks his right foot down and you know Daryl Taylor would love for him to make this tackle because if he did it would be about a three to five yard actually it would have been a six yard loss and said it was a 51 yard gain so it's 57 yard difference on this and then I mean it's just you know poor pursuit by us we overrun it um, I will say this to you know Tariq Woolen who we just had on Oh, my God, he can run. I mean, he came from the far side line and ran down Samuel, who can run, and he was out wide open. I mean, it was kind of like DK, um, you know, catching Buda Baker a few years ago uh, from Arizona. So, I, look, it, it's a, it, I, I, to me, this is just a great individual performance by Samuel, and we just didn't play it very well. Yeah, I look at that guard and that tackle pull and how it affects Jordan Brooks and Cody Barton. It gets them to bite up and really allow – those guards and that backside tackle to get bodies on bodies, and that's what you want in the box, right? And then you look at Chenna in the backfield, just in great position, doesn't make the tackle. Debo Samuel is one of the best in the game at making guys miss and yards after contact. That's why it's so important that you get bodies uh, over there, right? You don't, you need more hats to get to the party, and Pete Carroll mm -hmm. talked about that all this week. Like, look, we got to get off of blocks, and we got to get more guys to the ball carrier. This is a prime example of that. We just talked to Tariq Woolen. You mentioned it. Man, he ran him down. I mean, he made Debo look like he was <laughs> it, just a varsity like player DK, on a Friday. DK met Fetcalf catching Buda Baker a few years ago from yeah. behind like that. And look, th this second cut by Samuel, the, you guys aren't seeing it, but go watch. This It's the second cut that's so brilliant. Yeah. And he just splits our defense and then he has the vision to, to bring it back up the middle. It, it's Look, I think it's just a great performance by one guy, and I would love for our guy to have made the tackle on the backfield, but sometimes it happens. All right, this next play we're going to break down. Jimmy G finds Dwelly, the tight end for the Niners, for a 38-yard touchdown. Davis Price in a tailback. Play fake to him. Garoppolo looks. Got a man wide open. Turning upfield down to the 10 to the 5. Fights his way, Dwelly, the tight end. He is in for a touchdown. Somebody completely lost coverage on the tight end crossing the field. It's a 38-yard touchdown to the tight end, Ross Dwelly. As we talked about, Garoppolo isn't going to run to beat you, but boy, he knows this offense, and he can throw the ball on the money, and he did that time. And the 49ers increase their lead now, 12-0 over the Seahawks, looking to make it 13. Boy, I tell you what, man, coaching's hard. Th this play is such a good scheme play offensively first of all it looks like we're blitzing five guys it looks like we got uh our safety on the right side who's coming off the corner so five guys are coming so i can't tell if we're playing a combo man zone behind it so i can't call anybody out but what they did on this is 
they cleared our corner out with kind of a skinny post. So they occupied both our free safety and our right corner. And then they brought the tight end down the seam. And he faked like he was either going to run an in or a post. And then all of a sudden he broke it to what I call a short corner. Or an out or a deep out route from yeah. that position. I look. I don't know how you stop it. The one thing I would have loved to have seen is our linebacker on that one maybe get a little depth and try to hold off the guy who was running the swing route to our right. Um, but if they knew this play was coming and that play's designed, I, I would probably teach on this one. Normally, what we teach is if you get a skinny post, the, the free safety in the corner. One of you has to come off of that and look for that route, usually a deep crosser or, in this case, that tight end running kind of a corner route. It takes a lot of practice, and they ran it so good, I don't know if we would have stopped it. I think we could have stopped it from it not being a touchdown, but there's no way we would have stopped it with the defense we ran for that catch. Yeah, I think the corner should have broke off of the post and got on that deep out, but when that corner sees that inside release by the tight end, um, mentally he's like, all right, that's no longer mine, but yeah. I'm going to pass him off. And uh, that's just a young corner over there, right? you got to keep your eyes in the back. But that's the advantage of playing the zone is that you're allowed to use your eyes, right? You have to feel and see what's going on here, but your peripherals got to take you there. Easier said than done. Well, again, there we're rushing five guys. So what? What? I don't. Again, I, that's why I can't call anybody out. I don't know if we're playing a man zone combo. Are we spot dropping three guys underneath and we're playing three deep behind it? Um, that's what I think. Yeah. So, and, and you're right. If that's the case, then you'd want to teach, you know, Tariq in that situation. Hey, skinny post, got to communicate on it. It's a hard play. I mean, that yeah, is a fantastic design yeah. play. Yep. Yep. Tough play. Okay. This last play, Tariq Woolner blocks a field goal, and Mike Jack picks it up and runs it back for a touchdown. He has one of 20 and one of 33 already. There's the snap, and it's Ooh. blocked. I think if Tariq won, coming the other way, sprinting down the near sideline, Michael Jackson, they're not going to get him. 40, 30, hand goes up, 10, 5, touchdown Seahawks. What a play. Woolen blocks it. Jackson picks it up and goes about 80 yards with it for a touchdown. And the Seahawks are finally on the board with an incredible play by the special teams. That's just, I, I, we had uh, Tariq uh, Woolen on earlier, and when you're that fast coming off the corner with the wingspan he has, you're going to get some of these blocks. I, I've seen guys come off the edge where they're, they're there. I mean, they're lined up with the kick, but because they have to take it so sharp inside yeah. and they're so low, you know, the ball gets up in the air really quick, right? So they're there, but they just can't get to the ball. They're just not tall enough. Tariq, man, he, he not only is he there, he's probably almost a yard past it at that point, but his wingspan's so long that, man, they can't get that ball up over him. So he's going to be a force as a field goal blocker. And if he doesn't get it, it's going to create opportunities for the guy to go between that wing and tight end. Because if they worry about him coming off the edge. Yeah, the best part is he put it on film. He showed the rest of the league, yeah. like, look, if you don't give me the proper attention, I will bend that corner and block that kick. So typically you have tight ends on the edges right there, too, because they're the best at blocking and setting the edge. So it should be interesting how the Atlanta Falcons address this. They're going to spend a bit more time during practice making sure that those wings are ready to go. There's In the, in the past, you really didn't have to block the guy at the end because they're out wide. It, just with your alignment, the way the route that they have to take, we know that the ball is going to be snapped within 1.2 seconds or 3 
seconds. Most guys cannot get there. Um, we have a guy who can. Yep, we have a <laughs> so, guy. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. Okay, come join us here on Thursday nights where you get a chance to win gift cards from the Bellevue Collections Dining District. Tonight, the giveaway gift cards to the Tavern, Living Room Bar, the Porch at the W Bellevue, and Duke's Seafood. When we return, we will talk that talk. Me and Moya will square up and give you our thoughts and some opinions. Rashad Penny, will he rush 400? Uchenna Wusu, will he be the... The defensive player for the Seattle Seahawks. That and lots more coming up next right here on Hawks Live. Say it with your chest. It's time to talk that talk with Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer on Hawks Live. Welcome back to Hawks Live, presented by Bellevue Collection. Every Thursday right here at 7 o'clock on Seattle Sports 710, broadcasting live from Bellevue Square Center Court. Now it's time to talk that talk. And what that means is Paul Moyer tells me how he's right all the time and how I don't know anything because we're going to bring up a couple topics and he's going to state his case. I will state my case. I'm going to say I won last week. I don't even remember, but I just feel like something in my heart says that I won last week. Yeah, your wife says that a lot. When you, you, <laughs> hey, don't uh, bring my wife into this, Hey, man. I'm like your wife tonight. <laughs> You're always right. Exactly. All right. Okay. <laughs> I can deal with that. All right. All right. You going first I'll or go, me? I'll go first. All right. All right. Which is more likely, Rashad Penny runs for 100 yards this Saturday or Geno throws for 300, 300. yards? 300. Boy, I know we want to get DK the ball, but... I think more likely Rashad Penny. Uh, we just got to get him the ball. I mean, he had six carries last week. He had uh, 12 the week before. I mean, that's not even 20, and we, he should be having 20 a week. Um, but I also think it may be tough for Rashad just because I think Kenneth Walker, they're going to start trying to feed him too. Yeah. Um, but I think more likely with the game plan and we're capable of doing it is Penny getting a hun. Here's the thing. I actually had this question presented to me kind of during the week on Bump and Stacy from 10 to 2 p.m. every day on 710. Check us out. Um, and I looked up Geno Smith's numbers. In his whole career, he's had three games where he's thrown for 300 yards. And in those games, he's thrown for over 30 attempts. And I just don't see that happening. Not in this office. I can see him throwing for 30, but not to the extent to where he's going to have 300 yards. So, I think I have to roll with Rashad Penny because he is, I mean, remember that first game he had, what, 60 to 70 yards rushing, and he had two big runs called back. And if those runs aren't called back, he has over 100 yards. So unfortunately, Paul Moyer, we agree on this one. Yeah. um, uh, So this will lead into the next one for me, which will be interesting. DK Metcalf will lead both teams in receiving yards on Sunday. Who are they playing? Atlanta. They got ALT. Drake London, ATL, Shawty. ATL, Atlanta. We got Drake London, um, who has had a decent season so far. He has over 100 yards. I believe he's around 160 yards. You have Kyle Pitts, who's had a good season thus far. I feel like they are going to force the issue with DK, and I think they should. I think you have to stroke the ego of a young man who just got paid, who wants to be involved. It's not like he's being selfish. I think that he just wants to contribute to this offense. So I'm going to say 
Yes, DK leads all receivers this weekend against the Falcons. I think it's tough because uh, I hate trying to force things. To me, our offense has always been the best when we just take what the defense gives you. And, you know, we've, we've got some capable receivers, obviously Tyler Lockett and the tight ends. Look, I'd like to go back to a game plan we had first half versus Denver. Yeah. You know, play action. We, we I think we only had four or five play action boot, bootlegs last week, uh-huh. and we had four or five empty backfields. Yeah. That, to me, is not who we are. Now, game got away from us, so we had to start throwing it. Um, I'm going to say no. Okay. And, and mainly because until we get everything clicking and where teams stop doubling him, rolling over to, to his side, I think it's just going to be tough for him to get a big play. Um, and for him to, to lead, I think that's what it would take. So I just think the ball is going to be spread out a bunch again. Um, I think the running game is going to be a huge emphasis. So I'm going to say no on this one. And, and it's probably best that the ball is spread out, right? Especially that first week we saw the tight ends get involved. They had six catches the first half. Six catches. Seven for, the th- I think, the game or eight for the game. Both touchdowns scored by yep. that offense. Yep. Um, Tyler Lockett got his couple catches. DK had his. Mark, uh, Marquise Goodwin had one as well. Mm-hmm. The Eskers had one. So, no, I'm not I'm not mad at that. I think for this offense to go, you need to spread it around. I'm more just putting good energy out there, just like I did with Kelnick today. I said he's going to hit a bomb and, and have a, a multi-hit game. That's exactly what he did. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Number three, what you got? Am I doing it? it I'll get it for you. Well, oh, I, no, it's me. I'll do it. I'm I, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You got a lot on your mind. I'm man. sorry. Which, which rookie has been the most <laughs> impressive in 2022? Cross, Lucas, Woolen, Mafe, Walker, or Bryant? That's a pretty good group. That's that's one nice thing that we actually have six guys there uh, looking at. I think Cross and Lucas have done really well, um, but I also think it's expected. You know, you got a first-round pick, and was Lucas the third, third round, uh, yeah. second, third round? Yep. Um, again, a, a high draft pick, but to me it's uh, the guy we had on earlier today. It's Tariq Woolen. And, and Look, you are starting a guy who played about 14, 15 games at yeah. corner in his life, going up against two teams in a row that are phenomenal wide receivers, pretty good quarterbacks. You know, I'm going to throw Jimmy G in there as a pretty good quarterback as well as Russell Wilson. He is. Um, I, he's been tough in the run game. He's blocked a, a, a field goal. He's run down guys. He's a, already a guy that the teams go, eh, I don't know if we can get him over the top. We got to try and do more deep outs and try to change direction, which, by the way, I want to tell him, huge improvement. Yeah. I mean, he gets his feet down and th- that speed burst is there. So to me, it's uh, Tariq Woolen. Tariq Woolen. I think you are definitely going to notice him more than any of these rookies. But I'm going to go with Charles Cross. I think that the less you notice him, the better it's going to be for him. You know about that offensive line. They don't they don't get the love that they deserve, right? They are unspoken heroes, unsung heroes. And uh, we had Charles Cross sit on that couch, that very spot that you were sitting on. And you know what it seems like? Everybody who sits on that couch has a good game. Yeah, they do. So uh, Tariq's going to have a good game. He's going to have a good season. But I also think for this offense to go, for Geno to be able to throw that football down the field the way we want him to, he's got to be able to feel like that blind side is taken care of. So I'm going to go with the number nine pick in the NFL draft, Mr. Charles Cross out of Mississippi State. You know, it what's... Two years from now, you're going to be hearing about Boye Mafe. 
and yeah. I love saying that name. He is going to be electric, and he already is electric. He's just he's up against a gun because he's behind a couple guys who are electric as well. Like Kenneth Walker, he's going to be electric. And again, it's just does he get enough touches? Kobe were, Bryant. Were you impressed with that eight-yard run the yeah. way I was? Oh, yeah, no like, question. That was pretty, man. He yeah, showed a lot of stuff in that run. And they want to give him the ball. They know how. They know what they have in him. Yeah. And he's that. He, he's a game-breaker, but so is Rashad Penny. I mean, they both are. And Kobe Bryant is just going through. He's just learning right now, man. It's just it, the game. He's just about a half a step behind, but he's improving. You know, he's tighter in coverage. I think he got the hose on a couple calls uh, last week, but... All six of these guys, this would be one of the better drafts in Seahawk history. I agree with you. All right. Do we have time for a fourth? We got time. Which one do we want? Uh, You want to go with that red zone? We can. What you want? That's a long one to read. (laughs) I'm going to go with Jimmy G. Look, this is a weird one because... Jimmy G didn't play any preseason. He's coming off shoulder injury. No one wanted him. They couldn't trade him. Somehow they re-sign him and redo his contract. And when Trey Lance got hurt last week, my heart sunk. For him as a young man, because he's a right. young man, but my heart really sunk because I think the 49ers are a legit Super Bowl contending team. I think they're that good defensively. I think they they, they even haven't played George Kittle yet. I mean, he's going to be back, and we know what he's all about. So my question to you, Jimmy G makes the 49ers legit contenders. I was wondering if you were going to ask me the question. I like the way you did that. Yeah. I was wondering if you were asking me the question. I am asking it. And you said they are I am. That, to me, they're contenders. Really? I hope. It's well, fun. look, and I really hope they're contenders this week when they play the Denver Broncos. All I want is the Broncos to lose every game the rest of the year. You know what's funny? Huh? We're on a text thread. You dang near called me crazy for saying that the 49ers were going to be contenders. You came with your long text saying all this stuff. I don't know, 49ers, they're okay. They're not a great team. But when? now you're saying they're contenders. When? When but did you I know say what? That? It's okay. I love you. When did I say the that? The Niners will be contenders. Yes, thank you for agreeing with the text thread that we're on. Look, I'm like your <laughs> wife. I forgive, but I never forget. <laughs> I don't think I wrote that text. I'm just hey, saying. You don't have to. It's okay. I, I, I agree with you, Moyer. I think that with Jimmy G, the way he understands his offense, the way he knows, I don't have to be the guy to win this for us. I got Debo. I got Ayuk. Um, I have who's Samuel. You got Samuel. I got George That's Kittle when he comes back. You got Jeff. Was is Jeff hurt? Jeff is hurt, huh? And then they, their uh, their other running back got hurt too. Davis, it doesn't matter. Favorite. Don't matter. It doesn't and, and matter. Insert. But Samuel is their running back. Right? I mean, he was in the backfield on that long run. They were in a shotgun formation. They ran again. They that fake trap. It would look like it was a read option. He actually misread it. Handed the ball off. We had a guy right there. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's their scheme and their their lines pretty do, good. Do you like the other receiver, Jennings? If Debo is primarily in the backfield, they got um, Ayuk and that other kid, uh, Jennings, number 15, on the outside. Yeah, I, I think they're all complimentary guys. There's no one there that scares me that, again, that is going to beat you, uh, that you go, oh, man, we we, we got to take care of that receiver. Yeah. That's not the guy. It's, it's George Kittle. It's the running game. And we'll, we'll go ahead and rally to the other stuff. They're really unique because in this league – it's about throwing the football, and, and teams have gone to a mostly three, four defenses, but as we were talking about earlier, a lot of them are just two defensive linemen in the middle, and everybody else is standing up because they're trying to have all these blitz packages and, and drop guys in coverage. They're the ones that you can't do that. 
Yeah. I mean, you got to go and play darn near goal line defense the whole time and also be able to put, play pass defense behind it. They're, they're a tough matchup. And then we talk about guys who don't get enough love. They're running back. You check. I mean, he makes that thing yeah, go as well. When it comes to too. deception, when it comes to getting bodies on that second level, he clears the path for these guys. What the 49ers do is really impressive. Yeah. And I understand that there's a rivalry and people might not want to buy into that. Uh, I don't but like him. You throw, I don't like him either, but you throw the film on. Hey, when they come back up here, we'll have something for them. Have a little something for and them. By the way, I want you to know, you did, you did good today. Hey, 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 thanks, boy. I appreciate that. Man, you just made my night. I appreciate you, boy. (laughs) All right, when we return, we'll give you our final thoughts and the keys to victory. That's next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports Station. Hawks Live, this is the last segment of the day. We got our three soldiers hanging out what, with 3, us. 3,000 soldiers. 3,000 soldiers hanging out with us. Now it's more like 300, right? Like the movie, 300. That's a good movie, too. All right, and we're here at Bellevue Square Center Court. This is presented by Bellevue Collection. Spata. You know, we go. We uh, ate dinner today. Where'd, where'd we in there? At the Tavern Hall. Tavern Hall. Right there, there. Uh, right there in the crosswalk over to Lincoln. between The, the ambiance is nice. It's nice and dim in there. I like the dim look at the Tavern You know what? Has. And the people who, who served us, I guess, I don't know how to say it. Courtney. Courtney. She was so nice. I mean, and, and again, the steak sandwich. Yes, I'm plugging it hard because I'm... Steak sandwich. I, just want to make sure. Michael, Michael, the manager Michael over there. Manager. That's a great name, by the way. Michael, can't go wrong with that, Paul. I can't wait for you to get all the names in here at the end and thank everybody. Now why you, Why you put that on me? <laughs> Don't you put that on me. All right, our keys to success. How are these guys going to win this game? Oh, man. I'll tell you one thing, Paul. They got to they gotta play better defense, and yeah. they're going to get a lot of the looks that they saw against the 49ers. Mm. The Falcons are not going to execute it the way that the 49ers executed. But it's nice to go out there and be able to correct some of the things that you saw on film. You're never as good or as bad as you think you are. And you go back and look at this game, it really was about six plays, particularly in the first half. A couple missed tackles, um, had that one play. I don't even know it was a blown assignment. I thought it was just a really good design play by the 49ers, their, their one touchdown there. Um, you, you had a couple plays called back. Uh, we have the muff punt. You know, Again, those things we can correct and fix. I thought our offensive line got some push. So I think we need to stick with the running game. I think we need to do way more play action and bootlegs. Way more. I mean, it's just the empty backfield. I get it. But I, it, some people say, well, there's more options. There are five guys out in the pass route. I go, no, there's less options. You're not going to run the ball. You're not going to run a screen. Right. You can't play action. You can't have a check down. There's not, there are less options. So if you're listening to me, I'm <laughs> telling you, if you go empty backfield, I know the ball has to come out quick. Yeah. And I'm probably going to send five least at you. So I just don't like it. I want us to get back to no what No empty we, at all? I, why? Why? And here's why. Partly why. With the way we run or use our running backs, if it was, if, if we had five wide receivers or four wide receivers and some tight ends, there was truly some threats. Okay. Right. okay. But when I get a running back and they motion out wide, I go, why? I just, uh, for me, that's just me. It's a personal thing. It's not <laughs> preference. It's not a big deal. I'm probably wrong. But when I watched our empty backfields last week, we didn't have a lot of success. Okay. And so, and to me, there's a little bit of history to that. Um, and I, I want to be 
I, I just think having a, a running back in the backfield when you're under center, that play action and that run threat, it, it's meaningful. It's meaningful to the linebackers you're playing against. They have to respect that. And you can work behind them. And so i just like to see a little bit more in that. We just need to tackle better. I yeah. mean, everything else, we're fine. We just need to tackle better, eliminate some of the mistakes, and let's get back to what I think we are offensively. And that's, let's play a power running football game. What I need to see are four to five shots down the field. I need Gino to get back there and say, I don't care if this DB is on number 14's hip. Mm. He is better than him. He is bigger, faster, stronger, and he gets paid more. So go ahead and let this young man make his money. Throw that thing up to number 14 every now and then. You got to test him out. You got to test him out and see if they can defend against this guy and just allow him to make a play, right? That flea flicker, I guess you want to call it flea flicker. He was covered. But you know what he did? He Going, got made it. a play. Now, unfortunately, A. Blues was downfield. You can't have linemen down the field. We're going to correct that as well. Yeah, I know. Look, Washington State, sometimes you say, hey, remember, three yards, nine feet. Okay, no, you can't go there. <laughs> hey, name me one person in the league from Arizona State right now. Me, I, exactly. Wazoo, baby. Don't be talking about my boys like that. All right, don't be talking about Wazoo. Here's what like I know. That. I got more in the league than you have right now, so that's all <laughs> but I you, know. But you can't name none I, of them. Just because I got I'm, – I'm, I'm mad at Arizona State right now, okay? Don't <laughs> you, you make You guys are me, fighting. You guys are we're fighting, fighting right a little now. bit. Okay, I understand. Okay. I understand. Just don't talk about my boy like but that. But I think we'll play well. I mean, we need the crowd back into it. and um, I, The only thing that makes me nervous about this game is we don't get off to a good start. Uh-huh. And we start doubting ourselves. We're young, mm-hmm. and there's that confidence thing. Pete's very good at getting teams ready. Uh, I think we'll be – be ready for this one. It's a 125 kickoff game, so it's kind of a primetime afternoon game on Fox. And uh, we'll be there for pregame at 10 a.m., ready to rock and roll. We will be there three hours prior. Myself, Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, Marcus Trufant, the True. whole squad True. will be there. Hey, well, special thanks to Josh Kendall, Daryl Johnson, and Tariq Willen for joining the show. Our board operator is Brady Robick, on-site engineer is Brenner Rogers wife of Curtis Rogers. Production assistant is Nashad Kandipuri, and our executive producer is Nasa Chobi. The Seahawks pregame show is live this Sunday starting at 10 a.m. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Bombas. That's my guy, Paul Moore. We'll be back next week right here on Hawks Live.